developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Charlie Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Happy, I mean, do we call it a Minshew Monday since he's going to be starting against the Ravens? We could. We could call it Manic Monday or Miserable Monday because that showing against your divisional rival. And you know what? I'm going to go and cut myself off right there because we got to stop with this narrative that the Tennessee Titans are the divisional rival, right? Because when you play your rival nine times out of ten, usually it's going to be a close, hard-fought, a great game, if you will. And I understand, last year, the Jaguars beat the Titans on Thursday Night Football. What a shocker, Thursday Night Football, Tennessee-Jacksonville. I mean, leave it to the year of 2020 to establish that. They're not going to have primetime Tennessee-Jacksonville. But my point being, you can't call this your rival if they constantly beat you up. Right Like right now, the Tennessee Titans, and, and the way they have looked against the Jacksonville Jaguars, we're essentially the underclassmen dealing with a high school bully right now, and they're taking our lunch money. Like, that's what some of these games have looked like. And make no mistake about it, yesterday's performance, not good. So go ahead and put their narrative away that, well, this team is playing hard. They might have played hard. They might have put up a fight. I don't know. All I know is they got beat by 21 points. And let's be honest, it probably should have been a lot more. Shout out to Mike Rabel in the Christmas spirit. Shout out to the Tennessee Titans for taking those starters out, right? And to me, this is a sign um, of a pretty decent team, if not a good team. When you have those bad games, when you have those lulls, for instance, Tennessee versus Cleveland. Cleveland embarrassed them in Nashville, all right? Not a good look for the Tennessee Titans. Now, I understand that they came back later on in that game, but they weren't going to win that game. They got embarrassed on their home field. And the sign of a good team is when it hits the fan and you get embarrassed, how do you respond to that? What's the next course of action? Well, we saw a Tennessee team bring their defense out. We saw a Tennessee team win in the trenches. And we saw Derrick Henry do what Derrick Henry does. Now, I'm going to say this. I was wrong about a couple of things. I called out that Derrick Henry was going to hurdle somebody. He pretty much did everything else besides hurdle somebody. So I was wrong about that part. But a great day for Derrick Henry, over 200 yards. Uh, the Jaguars had literally no answer for him. And, and here's the frustrating part about it. If you were watching that game yesterday, from the first quarter on, you knew the plan of the Jaguars' defense. They were crowding the box. They had everybody up on the line. And I get it, personnel makes a difference. But at the end of the day, they had everybody on the line. They knew what Tennessee was going to do, and they couldn't stop it. Like, as a football player, that's the most frustrating thing to be a part of. And then and that's kind of the trend that I'm seeing. Um, you know, let's be honest. The past couple of weeks, the Jaguars' defense has played better. But, man, you want to talk about just losing um, in the trenches? 
That was a prime example yesterday. And yeah, Ryan Tannehill had an okay game. You know, A.J. Brown, welcome back, all that stuff. But it was the Derrick Henry show yesterday. And let's be honest, I'm sure when he gets in the top NFL, you know, the top 100 for NFL Network, you're going to see a lot of highlights. They're going to talk about the 200-yard game. Um, It just seems to be the constant right now when the Jaguars play the Tennessee Titans. Like, when's the last time that you're cheering for the Jaguars, if you're a Jaguars fan, where they beat the Titans, but they beat them like they curb stomped them? Like, they left no doubt. Wasn't a close game. It was a curb stomping. I honestly can't remember. I mean, I know we didn't succeed with that when we played. Um, maybe back in 17, I can't remember all those games went. All I'm saying is right now, as much as it pains me to say it, because I got nothing against the Tennessee Titans, right? I didn't grow up a Jaguars fan. I don't know all the history, but I know when I played for this team what it meant to play that team, right, and the dislike for each other. But right now, Tennessee Titans, they got our number. And as much as it sucks to admit, and I understand it's been like that for a while, um, you just got to swallow that big dose of reality uh, and move on. So obviously, we're going to break that game down today a little bit. Gardner Minshew Name the starter for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And my co-host, Brent Martineau, will be here maybe momentarily. I'm not sure. And let's be honest, if I was Brent Martineau right now, I wouldn't come in today. I wouldn't come in today after that Kyler Murray-Daniel Jones showdown. I wouldn't come in today after Daniel Jones almost got benched. I mean, literally on the cusp of getting benched yesterday against the Arizona Cardinals. And we know what Kyler Murray did. Kyler Murray did Kyler Murray things. Took it to New York, a very hard Giants team, and had no problem. So I can't wait to break that down. When Oh, here he is right now. Now he's walking in. Ah, so he did show up today. I like it. We'll talk about that game later. But the big story today, Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew is now your starting quarterback going forward. Against the Baltimore Ravens, does it really matter? Probably not. I think you have a motivated Ravens team right now that's vying for a playoff spot. So you do what you got to do there. But the writing's been on the wall since day one. Gardner Minshew has always been the better quarterback opposed to Mike Glennon. And I find it funny that Doug Marone after that game said, well, hey, we're going to sit down. We're going to talk about this. We're going to evaluate it. We're going to be respectful to the players, and we'll make a decision on Monday. And here we are on Monday, and Gardner Minshew is the man. Where was that type of attitude two weeks ago? Where was that type of, of you know motivation when Glennon turns the ball over three, four times, and you said, oh, he's still going to be the guy going forward right after the game? Where was that energy then? What's happening? What up, man? You said the biggest story is Minshew. Sorry I'm a little bit late. Was doing a Mac Jones story for mm. this weekend. Yeah, well, you better now because Kyle Trask is not, not looking so good. Uh, Mac Jones, we'll get into that. Um, and, and had just a, a good uh, couple-hour conversation, really, with his folks. And um, big, big weekend for them. And then I was on the phone with Irvin Meyer, you know, just talking herbs. See How's he up, doing? See how interested flex. he is in coming to Jacksonville. A little flex. Is he coming? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, we'll see. Yeah. Um, we're working through some things. Cool. I wasn't really on the phone with him. I was just kidding. Oh, I mean, um, you had me fooled. He watches the show. I figured you would have got yeah. his number by now. Once, once in a while. So, uh, how about that? Did you see that? Yeah. Does that I, do anything for you? Nothing. Do, like all these rumors right now, or all these reports, come on, do nothing that's for me. What sports radio's for, man? All right. Well, well, hey, in that case, is Doug Marone coming back next year? Let's talk about that real quick. Um, because no. that was a narrative. Well, I'm that no. was a narrative. I know. Well, that, that was, was a rumor. That was bizarre. So, what are we talking about? We're in sports radio. Like, listen, Urban Meyer. It's interesting. It's intriguing. Could be exciting. But I'm not going to buy into it until I hear more. 
Yeah, well, we're going to hear more from me about it. Let's hear it then, man. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got an interesting scenario for you. Not right now I'm going to get into, but mm-hmm. around Urban Meyer. That that re- piques my interest. And uh, got people talking about Urban Meyer. Like, people are like, I think that does pique interest. Some people will be like, get out of here. I don't want it. Yeah. But then others will be, wait a minute, I can marry that and Justin Fields and the guy who wins. And Well, hang on. When you say marry with Justin Fields, why do you say it like that? Well, because I think what people are trying, I think why this is in the new, why Albert Breer, like whether whether Urban Meyer or the Jags could have interest or or, or any, how this got out there, I don't know. Sure. But a, a reason why I think it got out there is, well, let's be honest, Urban Meyer's available and Justin Fields right now in Jacksonville is the presumed number two overall pick. Mm-hmm. And so then that's why I'd say you could marry the two together, I got the you. Ohio State connection and all that. So I think that do, uh, that's why I think the report exists, quite frankly. Uh, um, as of now, I, I just I, think people yeah. are, that's an easy puzzle piece to put together. I heard that Bill Cowher's got a couple spots in Jacksonville. Well, that's and, been going and, on for yeah, a while. Yeah. But I, I heard that too. And, and, you know, Boomer Sison kind of mentioned that, you mm-hmm. know, listen, those are, we have, we have hesitated to talk about potential coach replacements as much as we have GM because Doug Marone, with all due respect to him is still the head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't believe that's going to be the case. Heck, as the reports came out yesterday with Adam Schefter, and, and and it was more just suggestion than report. It was more analysis than report. And I, what, I just was it what hearsay? I said. I'm so confused by what it wasn't. It was it was more. This is what happens, okay? In my opinion, I think guys like Adam Schefter and Rappaport they do a great job. By the way, this is not a knock on them, mm-hmm. but I do think they have to fill time sometimes. Like they're asked to talk about a lot of different things. Yeah. And the way this team has played for Doug Marone and the fact that Shad Khan said he's safe until the end of the season allows you to say something like Adam Schefter said hmm. is, hey, if they keep playing well and they had four games to go at the time. And if you maybe win a couple of those games, could you he basically put it in? Could he still be in play? It's not a slam dunk. Well, that's because it hasn't been announced. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, mean, yeah. That's I think that I said this yesterday on TV. It's fine that that report comes out. We would be stunned, and as much as anybody else would be stunned about Doug Marone being here on January 4th or 5th or whatever it is, Doug Marone would be the most surprised person in the universe, okay? Because there's one thing about Doug Marone. He understands the business very well. He is smart enough to know what's going on here. He knows if you lose 12 in a row, and if your record looks like it has the last three years, that you're not keeping your job. I mean, it's just... And by the way, if for some crazy reason he does, well, look out in Jacksonville. I mean, look out from the fans, from the media, from everything else. And all of that energy will then go to Shot Khan mm-hmm. because it just can't happen. I mean, you just have to hit a refresh button here in Jacksonville. And that has to be the case. And and we haven't talked about Trent Balky. Could he become the interim GM? You know what? Could he be? Should he be a candidate? Should he get a look? Maybe he should get a listen or a look. But I don't want that either. You know, and I don't know how everybody else feels, but I think everybody feels the same way we all feel. And that is, let's hit the refresh button. You got a chance to start this thing over and and let's start over. So uh, we'll talk all about it. But I think that's why you see some of these reports. And I think that's why you see the connection. Albert Breer is no different. And again, I'm not knocking Albert here. I think you could make you could play the scenario It's like. Maybe somebody did say, hey, they'd be interested in, in Urban Meyer. That's all it takes to get into the notes column on Albert Breer's column. Yeah. You know? And so you can connect the dots. I mean, did, did Urban Meyer ever have interest in Texas? I don't know, but they connected dots. They never mm-hmm. even fired Herman. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so that's the way that this works this time of year. And it, it makes it fun for us. But I think it's fun food for thought. And I'm going to put it in a context that I want to ask you about because I'm going to relate it to I'm going I'm to relate it to something else. And, mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to sell it, give it away right now. But I, I'm interested to see people's reaction on it. Uh, you were talking Gardner Minshew, so started to divert from that. You good? This is the major headline. But is it kind of like who cares anymore? Like, are you interested in seeing Gardner Minshew for the next three weeks? Listen, I've Whoa. been a big, I've been a big advocate for Minshew to mm-hmm. say why is he not playing all these things. I think this is the right move by Doug Marone. I think this took a little longer than it should have by Doug Marone. I didn't like what they were selling us on why Glennon was the quarterback. I did not like how Minshew handled things last week in the media. I didn't like how uh, Marone handled things in the media. I didn't like how Jay Gruden handled things in the media, quite frankly. So I think there was blame to go around. So this has been clunky, been messy, been everything. I I think as we look back on it, Doug Marone hasn't handled this quarterback carousel very well. Mm -hmm. I don't know who can because I don't know if the options are good enough to handle it well. Mm -hmm. But... uh, this was a no-brainer. I guess my curiosity now is, does it matter? The Jags are playing Baltimore. They're playing Chicago. They're playing Indianapolis. They have three games to go. Um, what's there to watch on Gardner Minshew the next three weeks? Yeah, I mean, listen, the question is, does it matter this up-and-coming week? I would say probably not. You know, And that's what I said because they're playing the Ravens. I understand that the Ravens um, are going to be hungry more than likely and have a lot to, a lot to play for. They're, they're well-coached. But why I'm at least excited, and I'm sure I'm in the minority here, uh, I might be the last man standing. I mean, I kind of feel like an imposter uh, among the video game among us. There you go, Kuz. There's a little pop culture reference, video game reference for you. But I am the imposter right now because I still want to see this team win. As crazy as that sounds, as as far fetched and and you know bringing lunacy to the table, I want to see the Jacksonville Jaguars win because I know it's like to be in that locker room, and I at least want to end the season. On something to take away from it, I'm tired of coming in every single week talking about losses, talking about embarrassing losses. I'm tired every single week of doing my three observations, and nothing's really good. Set aside from James Robinson, congratulations. So I want to see this team win, and I think Garner Minshew gives them the best chance to win. So can they beat the Ravens? Probably not, but can they beat the Bears? Maybe. Can they beat the Colts? <laughs> we'll see. But at least I feel better about their odds of winning with Garner Minshew than I did with Mike Glennon. Yeah, I, I think all those things are good. I, here's the thing on the on the losses and wins, right? They've got to stay in the number two spot. It's very important mm-hmm. now. I mean, you have to stay in the – don't mess this up, Jacksonville. You have to stay in the number two spot. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to be a really come down to two games – because they're not beating the Baltimore Ravens. They are not good enough to beat the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. This is one of those games that we said, although they fought like heck against Green Bay with a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. This was one of those games where I said, you can't even fathom them winning this game. And and so I can't imagine with a hungry Ravens team, a depleted Jags team, maybe now finally a team that's been beat up a little bit too much even mentally. That's what I think we saw a little bit of yesterday uh, because finally like the floodgates opened, the dam broke, you know, on, on those tough battles, entertaining games. It was just like, oh boy, nothing. Th- that was ugly. That didn't look good. That, that's not even a game we can discuss mm-hmm. here on a Monday, quite frankly. So, um, I think it comes down to two games, but Cincinnati's no help right now. Uh, like the Jags, if Cincinnati would just win one game, mm-hmm. the Jags actually could win two games down the stretch here in the final three, and you'd be all right for the number two spot. But if they beat Chicago in week seven, 16, yeah, and they go to Indianapolis, 
And if they win that game, they got a chance to move down below Cincinnati. I'm going to be nervous. <laughs> like, I'm seriously, like, with everything that I've got in me and everything Jacksonville has in it, yeah. you should be rooting against the Jags, against the Jags, against Indianapolis. But they've had Indy's number so much mm-hmm. that I will be nervous if they beat Chicago and have a chance to drop down in the draft order. No, I mean, yeah, you should be nervous. Obviously, Cincinnati, if they go to number two, they're not going to take a quarterback with Joe Burrow, but then one could assume that a team might trade up um, if they're in the need for a Justin Fields. So, yeah, you don't want to have Cincinnati at number two and move ahead of the Jaguars. Cincinnati, who do they have left here? They have Not good. Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Baltimore. They got Houston, though, too. So they got, they got uh, Pittsburgh, Houston, and Baltimore. But they are playing not good football. Well, no. I mean, listen, you, you lose your star quarterback in Joe Burrow. Um you know, Mixon, I think, is out for the year. Giovanni Bernard has been struggling. They have no running game, essentially. Obviously, their passing game takes a hit now that Burrow's out. So, yeah, they're a, they're a struggling team, to say the least. And it's going to be hard to find a win. Maybe, like I said, the Houston Texans, possibly. But it's at Houston. So, yeah, I'm sure the Bengals are going to run the table of uh, losing. So, we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be tough for the Bengals. They just don't look. Again, I still think Zach Taylor is on the outside chance of losing his job. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't know if he's won enough game. What's it, three wins? Now in two years? Something like that, yeah. Yeah? yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's dangerous. That's, mm-hmm. I know they've been dealt a bad hand at times, too, and now they lose Burrow for a bit. But even when they had Burrow and he was playing pretty good football, they weren't winning games. Yeah. Kind of a lot like Anthony Lynn and, and Herbert and, and Chargers. You know, they, they played pretty good football at times. They just weren't winning games. And I think Anthony Lynn's going to lose his job eventually because you're just not winning games. I mean, they're playing pretty good. They look like they're okay. They don't look terrible. at the, And then, bam, they just don't win. Mm-hmm. And so you look at the record, and it's awful. So um, I think Zach Taylor could be on the – there's a chance, in my opinion, that uh, he loses his job too. Hey, I just asked this question, and we'll talk a little bit more about Minshew and what it means and all this stuff, and at least finally I don't have to talk about the Maroon and why hasn't he played him stuff anymore. That's good. But Were you surprised that he waited till today? No, because this is this is okay. Like I have no problem. We knew he was making the change because he said, I want to talk to the players first. Mm. I, I'm, that's fine. I'll tell you, I was more surprised that he named Glennon five minutes after that performance against Minnesota last week. Mm-hmm. That's what I was surprised about. That was stunning to me, mm-hmm. that he named Glennon that quick. But when you don't have to go tell another quarterback, hey, you're going to lose your job, yeah. uh, then I guess that's why he named him that quick. He had it in his mind that it didn't matter. Glennon was going to get another game. And uh, this time I, I figured Minshew was going to be the guy. And, and now, But he wanted to do the right thing and not tell everybody through the media. That's fair. I, I respect that. But were you also surprised, too, the fact that Mike Glennon did get the start in the second half and then throws an yes. interception, then it's on the tape? You know. Yeah, I mean, what, I mean, he waited as long as you could wait. And then some. Yeah. You know, he did. He waited as long as you could wait. That offense was doing nothing. I mean, you got to keep in mind, the Titans' defense is not good. Mm -hmm. It's not. I mean, look at the numbers people have put up against the Titans' defense. Mm -hmm. So uh, here's my question. Does Minshew excite you anymore? Like, does the fact that he's going to play. Yeah. He came into a nice ovation yesterday. Yep. This is a guy that captured the city a year ago. Yeah. That captured the organization enough to say, hey, we believe in you in 2020. You're going to be the guy with very little competition. And who actually got off to a very nice start. 19 for 20 beats the Colts. Whoa. Plays pretty good. Uh, it plays pretty well. You know, not good enough. A couple turnovers against the Titans. They lose that one in game two. But well, was a big difference. They were playing much better in week two than they played against the Titans yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now has the luster gone so much so? That now we don't even care if Gardner Minshew's starting uh, Sunday against the Ravens and the rest of these games, most likely. I know. I mean, this essentially goes back to my whole TED talk about hope. You know, I mean, the, the Jaguars fans have lost hope 
and Gardner Minshew. So to say, is there excitement? Is there intrigue? Will people be rocking bandanas and jean shorts? Unfortunately, I think that whole mania thing has wore out its welcome in Jacksonville. Now, once again, I am very adamant about saying I think he gives you the best chance to win. And taking something from your playbook, from your narrative, you're all about entertaining games. Gardner Minshew's entertaining. He is. Right? The, the way he plays the game of football is entertaining. So regardless of what happens against the Baltimore Ravens, and let's be honest, it could get ugly as well, at least the fact that you don't have a statue standing back then. Now you have a guy who can move around, beat you with his feet, um, make some pretty crazy throws. And at least be entertaining. Because that's what we need right now. I think more than anything is just, hey, let's get let's have some entertainment during these Jaguars. I have games. a hard time watching a game with the Jags where DJ Chark catches like two passes. And and they hardly throw to him. And oh, so I bet, yeah, and we can go and break that down after the break. There's a reason why they didn't throw at DJ Chark. Yeah, well I'm interested in that. And by yeah. the way, I mean some of it's still on DJ too. Uh, you know, I, I I have not taken complete blame away from DJ this year. I think some of his body language has been poor. He was definitely frustrated again. I watched him closely, came off the sideline, kind of walked right by Jay Gruden with his arms up like are you guys going to get me the ball or what? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. what I'm, I'm surmising that's what he was thinking. But uh, we'll talk a little more about Gardner Minshew or the Jags. I mean, you know, you know what it is by now. But let's start with a bang when we come back. Seriously, let's just entertain does Urban Meyer do anything for you in Jackson? Next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. Some uh, NBA play-by-play here this week as well. Right here on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. Hey, hey, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I know. You look over like, are you going to make it? Yeah, man. I'm making sure we're all good here. Hey, listen, hey. I, I get choked up about the new lineup. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. He's been outstanding. He really has, you know, and, you know, he's a little bit banged up this week, but he's, you know, no, no indication that that was going to slow him down. Um, you know, I think early on, um, you know, we didn't have a lot going for us, you know what I'm saying? In a run game, we were trying to, you know, we wanted more from the run game to help us with the play action and then win against man coverage. That was our thought process going into the game. Um, you know, but it's something that, you know, in a season like we're having where everybody's struggling, you know, to have something like that happen is good. Uh, normally, I don't ever really talk about individual accomplishments, um, but I, I I did. You know what I'm saying? Because it, we don't really have a lot going for us, obviously, right now. I mean, except uh, we know we have you know three more opportunities. Um, you know, but it's something that you know could be celebrated by all of us. That is Doug Marone. A lot of interesting things in there to me. Okay. Uh, well, I I I did this in the post game show yesterday. He mentioned that. He celebra- he he acknowledged James Robinson, yeah. and the and the rest of the team gave him an ovation after the game, mm-hmm. even in a thorough loss. You know we've seen those right after the game. The, the coaches give a you know, game ball out or something like that. Well, you don't do that after losses; you do it after wins. Mm-hmm. But he was so aware that hey, I understand people might mock me for that. There might not be everybody that's happy for that. But he just explained. He said, "Listen, this has been a tough year. This yeah. kid's been everything we've asked of him." And I just thought he earned the right. It was the right thing to do to give him acknowledgement. I have zero issue with that from Doug Marone. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's because I love James Robinson so much right now, but I, I, I have no issue. But I found it interesting in the context of that that he almost made it seem like players would have issue with that, and he expects it. Yeah. Would would they? I mean, you've been in those locker rooms. Would, would players have issue in a loss, in a 12th straight loss, making an acknowledgement for an individual accolade for a guy like James Robinson? No. Not at all. You I don't mean, think so? no. Let's be honest. You've won one game the entire season. You really have nothing to cling on to. 
why not support your brother, support your teammate, and go, hey, at least you know that this guy's working hard, this guy's doing well. Like I think, I mean, I would celebrate it, man. Like I would, I would break it up, like when you're doing your, uh, you know, like your post game, you know, team talk, or whatever, and you break it down. I'll let James Robinson break it down. And say, hey, man, congratulations. Like he's earned that. He's a rookie. He's a first year guy. He's, yeah. He's put on a pretty damn good performance this season. So celebrate that, absolutely. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting thing. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I just got back from Mac Jones' parents doing a story with them, and they've been very quiet and and they don't want a lot of the attention. And yeah. and it's a it's a team thing. And I understand it's a football thing, but like I say to them, and I, I say to kind of in this thing, I still think you have to take the time to appreciate stuff along the way, you know. And whether I mean, and I'm sure they do. Uh, this isn't really about. Mac Jones, but it just kind of relates it that way. Like you have to, sure, they're one in twelve. The Jags stink, but you got to appreciate the heck out of this guy because you know what? Going forward, whoever's in that locker room, you want fifty-three James Robinsons. Yeah, you want people performing to the best of their ability, staying humble, which he has all the way. Keep in mind, we almost had fifty-three James Robinsons when Gene Smith was the GM. But about a small school guys, yeah. you could have well, 53 GMs, I mean by that. but but you didn't give Gene Smith a chance. <laughs> I so so now we're here. All right, I, I mean he had the blueprint. I mean production wise, he had the blueprint <laughs> all set up. So interesting. I'll say one other thing, and because we're not going to sit here and, and break down. The, listen, it's it's fruitless to do. But I I still couldn't believe they didn't give it to James Robinson more in the first half. And Doug Marone said, "Hey, we thought we could take advantage of some one on ones. People mm-hmm. have beaten them down the field." Listen, I get game plans, but you can't play keep away with your best player on offense. Yeah. You just, especially when you're deficient at the quarterback spot. And Mike Lennon and and they played keep away from James Robinson. Gave him seven carries and one catch in the first half. Eight touches. That's it. Uh, they had been averaging over the last five games about 24 touches for him, yeah. whether it's running or, or passing. And listen, he, he, his first four carries got three yards. I get it, but you can't give up on it. I, it it's just, to me, it's inexcusable that Mike Lennon threw it 22 times, James Robinson touched it eight times. That doesn't make sense to well, me. Let me ask you this. The Tennessee Titans, let's say they ran Derrick Henry the first five times. And let's say that maybe they got 10 yards maximum out of that. Would, would they have stopped giving the ball no. to Derrick Henry? By the way, they no. ran up against an eight-man box the whole game. No, they the would not game. have. Exactly. So, so before they outsmarted we to, themselves. Before we went to break, though, you asked me, where was DJ Chark? Why didn't DJ Chark get the ball more? My point that I'm about to make, it falls in line with why James Robinson didn't get a lot of carries in the first half. Where was DJ Chark? It's all under the same umbrella. The reason why Chark didn't get the ball, why James Robinson didn't get the ball, is because I think in this in terms of game planning here, this team lived and died by the philosophy of you're only good as your last game. Now, what do I mean by that? If you go back and watch the Tennessee Titans-Cleveland Browns game, Cleveland goes into Tennessee, embarrasses them. A big reason why the Titans got embarrassed during that game was a guy by the name of Jarvis Landry. Um, you know, one of, one of, uh, I'd probably put him at the top five slot guy in the NFL in terms of a slot receiver. All they did that entire game, especially in the first half, was throw the ball to Jarvis Landry. He had eight receptions in the first half. Couldn't stop him, right? And that's when that offensive explosion happened. If you go back and rewatch that film, those first couple drives, sure, every once in a while, maybe James Robinson got a little gift. Here you go. Run the ball like you do. But for the most part, it was a lot of motion, and it was a lot of getting your slot guys involved. Keelan Cole, LaVisca Chanel. They weren't even concerned 
about the outside receivers. I think you have a situation here where Jay Gruden said, well, look at what Cleveland did against this team. Look, look at what Cleveland's doing. We can do the exact same thing, and let's beat them in the slot because they can't cover it. Now, don't get me wrong. In the first quarter, like LaVisca Shaw, he had a nice catch first down. Yeah. Keewan Cole had that as well. Then they almost got picked by going over the middle again because they read it. But who are we fooling, though? And with all due respect to Visca, he might be Jarvis Landry one day. He's not Jarvis Landry right now. Yeah. Well, with all due respect to Keewan Cole, we'll see what happens with your career, but you're not Jarvis Landry night right now. And with all due respect to Mike Glennon, you ain't Baker Mayfield. So let's stop game playing around what the Cleveland Browns did in their passing game and realize if we're the Jacksonville Jaguars, we can't do that exact same thing because we don't have the personnel to do uh, it. That's an interesting point, a very good point, because that's what happened, too. They throw it 22 times. They don't give it to James Robinson. Yeah. They couldn't execute as well, and they never really got it to 17. Uh, yeah. DJ Chark, not enough. All right, I asked the question, and so let's get into it. Urban Meyer, just at face value, I say Urban Meyer to Jacksonville. Again, this is an Albert Breer thing. It was a report today, Sports Illustrated. There could be some um, courtship potentially from the Jags if the Jags job opens up, really when the Jags job opens up. But (laughs) when I say that, what does it do for you? Get excited? You're like, "Uh oh, you're like, please no or Hell yeah! I'm kind of like. Do I need uh, some more things to help no, put in no, your mind? No, 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 you no. You know, like uh, in like uh, r- r- did you ever watch Run and Stimpy growing up? Where it's like interesting. Yeah, Inch- yes, yeah. yes. That's kind of what I'm doing. I'm going interesting. It's very interesting because let's be honest, Urban Meyer, no matter where he's been, he's had success. Right, like he's he's turned programs around now. Three national titles, three big Big Ten championships, two SEC, two Mountain West, five yeah. Big Ten East divisions, two Big Ten leader divisions. It's a terrible name. Three SEC Eastern <laughs> Divisions. Eddie Robinson, Coach of the Year, 04. George Munger Award. Home Depot, Coach of the Year, 2004. Pro Football Weekly National Coach of the Year. Woody Hayes Trophy, 04-12. Yeah, I think he's had some success. Now, would you say has controversy? Sports followed? Illustrated, Coach of the Decade, 2009. Mm-hmm. Sporting News, Coach of the Decade, 2009. Has there been any controversy on Urban Meyer? Yeah, there's been... Um, it's, a weird, it's, a, it's a weird thing to characterize, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like... Uh, there's been what I would classify as baggage, mm-hmm. more so than controversy. Okay, you yeah, know, I mean, it's, I, like it's kind I, of I the like, same. Yeah, I do, but I feel like controversy is more like like cheating scandals and things like that. That hasn't been the case around Urban Meyer. No, it's been no, about his he health. Cheated. Yeah. It's been did he want out of Florida? It's and what were the what's going on with his health mm-hmm. at Ohio State? Why did he get out then? Um, just kind of puzzling because we don't see it happen very often, especially with a guy who's so good and wins so much and is at the top of his game. So yeah. uh, very, it's peculiar around okay. Urban Meyer. And I will say this. This is something that has come out. And I've never really heard Urban talk as much about it, but he won two national titles at Florida. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff going on at Florida that they got away with that had to be cleaned up when he left there. Yeah. And But that's a college game now. I mean, I'm not sure that will translate from an NFL standpoint. So that's what you're talking about. You know, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And, yes, to make your point, like, if he was to go to the NFL, I mean, you you aren't shaping young men anymore. You're dealing with a bunch of grown-ass individuals with, with egos and, and all their own thing. So the positives I just gave him. He's a winner. Wherever he goes, he turns things around. There's a little baggage, maybe a little drama you can call it. Yes. But the biggest question remains, can his skill set 
translate to the NFL game? And unfortunately, I I don't have that answer for you. And and obviously, that's the million-dollar question is, can he go from – because I think Urban Meyer is a great teacher, right? I think he's a great molder of young men. I know you could say, obviously, at Florida, he had some troublemakers and things like that. He's a fantastic coach. But just look at how his players play for him. Right. Um, I'm reminded a couple of times, like when they face adversity, they always seem to come through it regardless of where he was at. And that says a lot about how much the players respect him. That's what you want in a locker room. But once again, it is different because you're not shaping young minds anymore. You're dealing with a bunch of grown men. And in that case, sometimes when you bring that military college attitude to the NFL, it doesn't gel well, especially with this modern era NFL athlete. So that's where I raise a red flag and say, does he have the skill set? Does he have the mindset? Does he have the coaching philosophy to be successful at the NFL? Yeah, see, I see him. It's a weird thing, right? I'm not sure he built the best of cultures at Florida especially, but he built a winning culture. And that winning culture even elevated more at Ohio State. They always have a winning culture, but it elevated even more when mm-hmm. Urban got there, took it to the next level. And by the way, it's still happening. Like, he left that in great shape. Not necessarily the case with Florida in terms of leaving it in great shape. No. Uh, because it was so abrupt. But it was more kind of a passing of the torch, it felt like, at Ohio State. Yeah. So the guy can flat out win. The guy can flat out coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy can flat out recruit, and that's not necessarily, you know, the most important thing in the NFL, of course. Here's when I think college coach going to the NFL, mm-hmm. I feel like you think of some of the failures, right? Yep. You think of um, Steve Spurrier, mm-hmm. right? Didn't work out. You think of Nick Saban didn't work out. Nick Saban, you know, has all the success now at Alabama and had some at LSU, but didn't work out at Miami. You think of maybe even Pete Carroll the first time around. But this actually reminds me, at 56 years old for Urban Meyer, of more Pete Carroll this time around. Mm. Like, I wonder if he could be more Pete Carroll this time around. And Pete Pete Carroll turned Seattle around. He did. He turned Seattle around. He was one of the best. Like He was legendary in the college game, was going to be, yeah. if he had stayed there and kept winning. And well, I know there was baggage there, was there, some there baggage too. There was baggage there as well. And maybe one could say he got out at the right time he did. at USC. But do you see baggage in Seattle? So, you know what no, I mean? No, no, So not you at don't all. see some of those same traits follow. The college game's a different game. Mm-hmm. You can get yourself in trouble in college. Yeah. You know, the way that thing's built. But I'm just telling you that my initial reaction is like, wait a minute now. Mm-hmm. I could see more peak. I'm going to compare more Pete Carroll potential. Mm-hmm. To a guy like Urban Meyer, than I am t- the Spurriers and other uh, potential. And now we're seeing college guys anyway. Matt Rule mm-hmm. in the game, Kingsbury in the game. We could get um, courtships for a guy like Dabble Swinney, yeah. you know, and, and others. So uh, Dan Mullen might soon go to the NFL at some point. Uh, people are going to at least suggest it. Yeah. So I, I'm telling you, man. I don't, and and do I love the fact that Justin Fields right now is projected to be here? Yeah, I think I do kind of like that. Here's my one problem I have with Urban Meyer mm-hmm. in Jacksonville. I don't he has proven to me that he doesn't have staying power. So how long would he come here for? I you, mean, you yeah, know? you're asking would he be in it for the long haul? Yeah. Or would he just get tired and say and, or uh, And, and you I know. don't feel this this way, but Josh says, Hell no, dude's a quitter. He'll bail before this could be built. Well, <laughs> listen, to be honest with you, I don't I don't know. I, I, I think that's a little bit harsh to say he's a quitter because we really don't know enough about behind the scenes stuff. It's peculiar, well, but I don't I don't know if he's a quitter. I, I think that might be a little bit unfair, a little bit too harsh. The bottom line is before it's built, if you give me Urban Meyer for Meyer for four years, it's not going to take longer than that to build it. 
No, I, I mean, you. you can win with Urban. You can win next year in Jacksonville a little bit. You can probably win a lot of it if you get make the right moves and get the right guys in here in two years and definitely in three years. So I don't need a guy that's going to be here for 12. Yeah. But I would always wonder with Urban Meyer is, okay, how long is he going to be here? No, listen, the, the guy's definitely, he has the resume. He has the national championships. He's a winner. And I'm not taking that away from him. But to me, though, with Pete Carroll, like Pete Carroll, he had that great personality at USC. Like you could tell, you know, he got the most out of his players and liked to have fun. And Pete Carroll's personality translate, translates fantastic to the Seattle Seahawks. You know, I've talked to Pete Carroll a couple times, and, like, the guy likes to have fun. I mean, he's a player's coach. Now, that's not to say he won't get after you, but, like, it's definitely a more loose environment where, where the players are in that locker room. With Urban Meyer, we've seen him on the sidelines, right? And he had to walk away for a while. Why? Because, you know, he had some health issues. One could say from maybe he was stressing himself too out, you know, too much or whatever like yeah, that. Yeah, it's all in. Exactly. So with Urban Meyer, once again, I just, I say pump the brakes just a little bit because you cannot bring that intensity that I see at Ohio State, that intensity that I saw at Florida. You can't bring that to NFL locker rooms and expect it to go over like it did with those kids in college. But like, it's I, not going to work. I say it again. Do you think Pete Carroll has an intensity about him? But Why he, did it work uh, there? I'm telling, but Why but he, did it work there? Because he also has fun, though, Brent. Like You've seen that guy have so much fun. I feel like Urban's players love Urban. And they do. But we're talking about college guys. Like Once again, give me the more of the free spirit, the fun-loving coach who gets after you, a la Andy Reid, a la Pete Carroll. Give me that guy over the nonstop intensity type of guy who's going to chew you out every single time you come to the sidelines. Because that's what I saw with Urban Meyer. Yeah, yeah, I, he has, he's into, I don't know, maybe 56 I mean, years old, maybe t- helps that a little bit too. Yeah, I, I don't how many know. times have you seen Pete, Pete Carroll like lay into somebody when they walk off the sidelines? No, he's chewing gum, yeah. nonstop. Even through his mask. I, I, I hesitate to say never, though. No, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's happened with every coach. The, My point, though, is if someone makes a mistake on that football field and they come to Pete Carroll, more than likely Pete Carroll is going to put an arm around him and say, hey, we got to be better. If it was Urban Meyer in that situation, I think he would probably chew him out. Here's what I like about Urban Meyer. I'm going to give you two reasons, okay? Just two. Mm-hmm. You know me. I've harped on the identity. Who the heck's making decisions around here? If you brought Urban Meyer here, I have no Doubt. Who's running football? Urban Meyer. Yeah. No doubt. You bring some guy as an assistant coach and in with the GM, I'm still kind of okay. Who? Where is Where is the pecking order? Who's making the decisions? No doubt with Urban Meyer. Crystal clear. Whether it works or it doesn't, yeah. it's Urban Meyer. So I like that because mm-hmm. I know it. I'll tell you what else. If Urban Meyer was here the last couple years, you know who else would still be here? Tom Coughlin? Jalen Ramsey. Oh. Because he'll <laughs> massage those guys. Yeah. You know, he'll make those guys work. He did it at Florida. I think he yeah. did it at Ohio State. He knows how to handle those guys. Well, Around here in Jacksonville, we didn't know how to handle those guys. Brent, he knows how to handle student athletes, though. And it's different. Once you start collecting those paychecks, yeah, I get it. Well, once you start knowing where you stand, it's a whole different ball game. And I think if Urban Meyer was going to realistically coach at the next level, he's got to have some adaptability of himself. I'm not done with Urban Meyer. All right. All right. You ready for this? Hit me with I want it. you to think about it in the break. Trevor Lawrence, Dabo Swinney, mm-hmm. Urban Meyer, Justin Fields. You mm-hmm. get to pick one package, A or B. Okay. Which one do you like? Oof. Next on ESPN Make it hard on me, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, it felt great to be back in there. You know, it's something um, that I really missed. I missed the you know, camaraderie with the guys. I miss being out there. Um, you know, as much as you're always a part of the team, 
it's just something different, you know, when you really are out there with the guys, and that was it's always special. Um, you know, I thought we got in a rhythm. It's kind of up and down. Um, you know, I think we can finish drives better. That is Gardner Minshew, and that is your quarterback against the Baltimore Ravens. Good luck, Gardner. <laughs> Ravens play tonight. You remember that preseason game? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad Gardner Minshew's playing again. So we'll see what happens. Does it but, do much for you? Uh, do you even care yeah. about Minshew Mondays anymore? No, I don't really care about Minshew Mondays so much anymore. But I, I like watching Minshew play. And here's the thing I don't think people are talking about enough. Mm-hmm. And this is why... This is why I think it was egregious he wasn't playing and he was stuck in that doghouse. Is I don't know if he's going to be on the team next year. But as of now, I'm thinking he's the backup quarterback next year. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm the owner, I want my backup quarterback, who's still a young player in the NFL, to grow, experience, learn, mature. Well, what the hell else are we doing in 2020? If you're not doing that, yeah. like if you're trying to get better for next year, because this that's what you're trying to do with Colin Johnson and and Doug Costin and mm-hmm. you name it. Mm-hmm. Why are we doing that with Gardner Minshew? Instead, we're rolling around with Mike Glennon and Jake Luton and all these guys. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, this is that's why you should be playing Minshew. Whether you think Minshew's good or not, whether you think Minshew runs out of the pocket too much, whether you, unless you can tell me you know unequivocally that he's not going to be the backup next year, that Gardner Minshew should be playing. Because you might need Gardner Minshew at some point next year, and I want him to get as much experience as possible. Fred Martin of Austin Lane, Coos back here on a Monday. Hope you're doing well, everybody, as we head into the holidays. All right, here's a question. I asked for the break. Do you have an answer? Trevor Lawrence, Dabble Swinney. It's a package deal. You get Trevor Lawrence and Dabble Swinney, or you get Urban Meyer and Justin Fields. A (sighs) or B? That's it. Yeah. Simple as that. Coach quarterback. I, yeah, I mean, I'm putting more emphasis on, on the quarterback here more than the head coach just because what I hear and what my eyes tell me is that he could be a very, very special guy. Not to say that Justin Fields can't be, but go ahead and give me the guy that I saw playing a national championship game a few times. Go ahead and give me Trevor Lawrence and Dabble Swinney. That's interesting. Uh, how much would you say? I understand why you're going with Lawrence, mm-hmm. but so do you? would you think Swinney would fit – or are you saying that kind of like a fine? Oh, no. Listen, I'm, I'm not pumped up about it, obviously. I'm not excited from the coaching angle. But I also think that Dabo kind of has that kind of that goofiness a little bit that Pete Carroll kind of brings to the table. Mm-hmm. Now, what kind of ship he would run, I have no idea at the NFL level. But I just think that in terms of maybe relating the players, like, listen, He's like that crazy uncle, right? But for some reason, Clemson loves playing for him. Um, he gets the most out of his players, and I think that that kind of personality could translate to the next level. So go give me Trevor Lawrence, give me Dabo. Well, I. Th- <laughs> it's funny because I here's my reaction: is Urban and Fields. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like. But keep in mind, they don't have a relationship though, because I mean, Meyer wasn't there when yeah, Fields I get was there. It. I so. get it, but it, it, you know, it's crazy. It, we're not that far removed from Meyer being his program. Mm-hmm. And so I feel and day was underneath and all that stuff. So I kind of feel like there's still a connection there. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? I mean, I, that's what I feel like. And I might be totally wrong on that, but I kind of like, listen, I believe in fields anyway. Yep. I think if you told me I could take Lawrence or fields, I would still take Lawrence 
my, the, the the good money says Lawrence. But I'm not as convinced as everybody else that like there's going to be this huge gap in the NFL careers of Lawrence and Fields. I really don't think so. Like, no, I, I mean, think Fields going to be a good player in the NFL. It could be like Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. You don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah could be. Look, we never know. Yeah. Uh, but I but I feel like I know more about what I'm going to get with Urban at yeah. the NFL level. Like I feel like I know a little bit more about that. Hey. Um, We'll talk more about, yeah, just obviously it's a silly season. We'll talk more about the Ruins, talk more about the Jags. Uh, we're going to talk next about Keontae Johnson a little bit because we have an update. Yeah. Um, and literally read it right now. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, I don't know what all this means. It doesn't feel good. But a scary moment on Saturday in Tallahassee, and the news isn't getting better quick enough. Uh, for Keontae Johnson, the basketball player for the Florida Gators. We'll also talk about the Gators football team, too. Uh, but next, an update on Keontae Johnson on the way on ESPN 690. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.